Hello, hello, hello. We're just two normal dudes trying to live this Jesus life. My name's Josh. Hey, I'm Andrew, and we are This Jesus Life Podcast. Josh, so good to be back with you, man. Dude, it is. After a week's vacation and catching up on life. Oh, yes. uh, Always good to jump back into the thing. Sorry if you missed us last week. Um, According to our statistics, Mm. you probably didn't. Um, It was my fault. Our listeners are like three weeks behind, so... (laughs) Uh, eventually, <laughs> so I guess they'll catch knows. up. If we if we take enough weeks off, like they'll eventually be caught up because they're just exactly get there. But um, we do appreciate that you're listening, and we are sorry that we were gone Big for a time. week. But hey, it's July. The weather's nice. Andrew had to go to the beach and check everything out there. Um, right now, it's Andrew and I doing the podcast, but we have a special guest. 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 <laughs> special. I can guest. speak. It's okay. Special guest. Uh, and Catherine's in the studio today. And by studio, I mean Andrew's work office. And by work office, I mean this home office that's behind his <laughs> that's kitchen. Right. Is it behind your kitchen? Did I make that up? Yeah, behind my kitchen, but there's two is, doors. Is the kitchen so, behind that door behind you? Yeah, the kitchen's, well, the living room, the ki- or the dining room and the kitchen uh, that way. And then okay. the hallway this way. So I have two doors, which makes it uh, exceptionally challenging to keep uh, my guests out at times. So, you know, we're rolling with it. Yeah. I'm yeah, surprised man. you haven't put in locking doors yet. Yeah. I have child locks on the outside, but she has a figured, she's figured out that if she messes with them long <laughs> enough, smart. she can still start to get them open. So, you know, <laughs> is what it is. But dude, am I looking, I mean, you know, am I looking exceptionally tan and refreshed and you good are. to go? These you days? are. Yeah. I was going to mention that the, the tanness, yeah. uh, through the roof, like a little, like it's really good, but it's almost borderline orange man bad. Um, so you're like you're moving that direction. So maybe that's funny. Maybe no more sun for a week. Just no to more even sun. Out. But I'll yeah, it looks inside. great, dude. Thank you, thank you. I was fishing for a compliment, so I appreciate it. We had a good time at the beach, man. It was like lots of fun, and we went to this beach with horses on it, um, where we watched a horse nice. steal a huge bag of popcorn and run away. Nice. Like they're they're full blown blown just horses, wild horses. Yeah, yeah, it's a national national park actually called Assateague Island. I didn't know it was a national park until we got there. Is that there. Horse Island? Yeah, it's like it's, it's like, like known fit. that way. Horse Island. Yeah. There's like a ton of them. Well, I've seen there, this on I think there's a couple of those around, but there are a ton of horses okay. there, and like they go and raid beach snacks, which is pretty hilarious, honestly. Yeah, but it was a good time. Yeah, they're living the best life. Like can't beat beach snacks. Yeah, you can't be. Yeah, I'm googling this right now. Look at that. Yeah, Wild horses. They're That's like the Mustang Island, looking man. horses too. They got yeah, like the they're, spots. They're beautiful. That's kind of cool. But dude, they walk straight I don't know through if Mustang's people's an like actual type of horse. I think, or it if is. it's just what they call wild horses. But yeah, I don't know. I'm not up know. to date on my horse lingo. That's what I'm yeah. gonna say. Yeah, me either. I'm not a big horse guy, but it was fun watching them steal people's snacks. And uh, then the national park, like employees were walking around with these like water backpacks and like push super soakers and like would yeah. spray the horses to get them away from the people. It was really funny. Man. <laughs> it was really funny. That's uh, funny. That's yeah, like the, the spray bottle on a dog kind of thing. It's just exactly. the bigger version of it. 
Yeah, there's all these signs like do not touch the horses, $100 fine if you're feeding them. But then you get on the beach and you realize like nobody's trying to touch the horses. Like everybody's trying to keep the horses away from themselves. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's, they have the signs backwards. Like this is not the issue. You're like, Like, horses, it's $100 fine. If the real question is inside of those, inside of those uh, super soakers, if it's urine or water. Um, because when I wanted to get people away when right. I was a kid, it was urine right. inside those sleep super soakers, one hundred percent. Yeah, that would keep them away. That'd keep them away for sure. Yeah, especially <laughs> on like a hot, you know, you're a little bit dehydrated day. You make you make some stink right there, big time, big time. But we are not here nice. to talk about horse urine uh, or people urine. <laughs> Although we tend to always devolve into subjects yeah, not like the first that at time. the beginning. Yeah, we're like, hey, we're here to talk about Jesus. But first, we got to talk about poop, farts, and pee of some sort. Yeah. I feel like yeah. if you can fit those into any conversation, it's a good day. <laughs> it's a good day. Um, because they're always uh, funny. Always funny. Always fresh, yeah. you know? That's really yeah. all I try to live live, live for is, what's funny? What can make me laugh today? Right. Uh, At least a little. They say the average person laughs like 15 times a day. I may be making that number up because I don't actually remember the number. Uh, And I want to be above average. I want to laugh more than 15 times a day. Yeah, man. I I support that. I support that. I, um, yeah, it's easy to not laugh enough. And so since it's summer, I've been like, I just want to do one fun thing a day. Because with little kids, you can be in the trenches a lot. And with our jobs, like we were just talking about, like there's a lot of work to do, you know? So if you're not careful, you can just like not have fun um, until the weekends. And, True story. Like you should have fun every day. So usually yeah, that you gotta looks find like friends me. friends at work too. If you don't mm-hmm. have friends at work, like yeah. that's got to be a miserable existence. That's a drag to just be like, I'm in here in purgatory for eight hours and I have nobody that I like yeah. working with. You yeah, if you work for job. a company where it's just you and one other person, you don't like that one in person. I get that. That's hard. <laughs> but maybe you find ways to connect anyways. Find some yeah. topic that you're both passionate about. Um, because, yeah, doing doing anything alone, is that's rough work. No one wants to do that. Um. But yeah, so we're in the middle of this Hope Series study, the Hope Series. Um, last week, uh, we talked about uh, the grace that changes everything. Week before that, we talked about the preamble, and the thing that kind of got us ready for uh, this study. And the, really, the goal of the, the Hope Study is to help you find hope, and more importantly, to help you keep it. Um, and we think that hope is found in a relationship with Jesus, um, in a relationship with others, um, because that's what Jesus said, love God, love people. Um, and that's what we're trying to um, uh, push into people today. Uh, so this week, as we continue along this journey of the Hope Study, we're in week three. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it is called Faulty Attributes. Faulty Which attributes. Honest, super, super cool name. Yeah, it really is. Uh, Whoever did fan. this hope study, man, like I, they knew what they were doing. They're, uh, yeah, smart people, man. They, uh, they impress me. <laughs> um, they impress me. They uh, do. That's funny, man. Uh, but let's be honest. I impress myself a lot. Not because I think I'm that awesome or that great, um, but I probably have a lower view of myself than, than I probably should at times. So there's moments where you're like, oh, wow, that's that's actually really good. Or it's Jesus working through you, and you're just like impressed by that fact of like, oh, don't know why, but Jesus chose to, to, yeah, to use me to write to this. To use right me. Up. Yeah, 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 for sure. 
Absolutely, man. And I think uh, like the discussion we're about to have of faulty attributes of God is is so important because, I mean, we've talked about this a little bit in the past, but maybe not as directly. But, you know, you could start to believe things about God that aren't true and start to make them like really central or really important to, to how you see God and how you see yourself and how you see your faith. And then you know, you yep. believe that stuff long enough and you're going to be teaching it to other people. And like, there's just all kinds of like fallout that, that can happen of having um, a view of God. That's not like, we don't have to have one that's perfectly whole. Uh, Cause that's like, we can only know, we know God pretty well through his word, through his creation, through all the ways he wants us to know him. Um, but he's still very, other and separate in in a lot of ways from us, you know? So it's not like um, we should expect to know every single thing about him, but we can definitely know things that are Mm -hmm. not attributes of God as well as quite a few that are. So anyway, hopefully this helps uh, get a few of those ones that aren't attributes of God and clarify them a little. Yeah. Um, And to kind of tag along that, like there's this, I think our view of God plays an extremely important role in how we re- relate to God, right? Like I, I say that now and, I, and now I'm thinking in my head, yeah, duh, that's common sense. That's with anybody. <laughs> how you see somebody is how you're going to relate to them. But along the lines of what you're saying, like because God is so vast and because God, um, the character of God isn't necessarily like the character of God is known to us because we see it throughout both covenants um, of who God is, how he interacts with his people. Um, but it's also, there's a depth to it that I think the longer you journey with Jesus, the deeper, more richer those truths become about who God is. Um, but we have five different faulty attributes um, that the hope study kind of works through. We're going to work through as many as we can. If we don't get to all of them, yeah, that's okay. You can always buy the hope study one day um, and work through it yourself with a group of people that love you and love Jesus. Um, but that's day right. one, um, actually, let me just, yeah, let's just go through these as we hit them. So if we don't hit them all, yeah, yeah, yeah. we just won't even mention. If we need a part two, that's great. If not, yeah, buy the hope study when it's out. Yeah, yeah so day one, uh, first lie that we choose to believe is I'm not important enough. How does that hit you, Andrew? Do you feel important enough? Oh, Andrew's playing with his ears right now. So he might be uh, back in just a second. Um, but I will tell you how this hits me. Um, not important enough is this idea that, um, and this is probably the biggest struggle with God's character that I have. And in, I should say it this way. This is the biggest lie that I believe about God's character um, in my life or, you know, in the you know 30 plus years that I've lived on this earth. Yeah. Is I have never struggled with God's ability. Like I've always been able to to believe and comprehend. Yeah, God is all knowing, all powerful, vast. Um, that He is cap- more than capable of doing anything if He chooses to stop time as He's done. You know, in the old covenant, yeah. uh, He can do that. Uh, but, and this is a big but, I don't think He cares enough about me to do it for me. So it's this whole idea of I'm not important enough, or I'm not valuable enough, or. Um, there was another way before we started the podcast that Andrew said, and I can't remember now, but if it comes to us, we'll say it. 
Um, so there's that piece of this too of like something like he's um, so big that how could he care about me or he doesn't actually care yeah. about me something like that yeah. yeah there's too many people you know for God to care yeah. about the you know billions that are currently alive and the almost 10 billion I think that it existed at one point um, on the earth so like you know how can God care about little old me uh, but how does that hit you Andrew yeah, well, the, I mean, first of all, I think it's a, it's a thought you can fall into pretty easily when you're like, yeah, you're looking at, say you're just living one huge city. You're like, you know, I see 10,000 different people a day as I drive to work or 20,000 or 30,000, however many cars you pass, you know, and you can start doing the math and being like, you're almost putting God in, in your own box where you and I, maybe we can know a couple hundred people and of those, maybe we know 50 really well or 30 or whatever, you know, like we have semi-small groups, but then you start to put that on God and, you know, this whole idea of like, you're the created, you and I are created by him. Um, So we shouldn't, we shouldn't think that we are exactly like the creator, you know, but our limitations are not his limitations, you know, like if God created this world and there's something like 7 billion people here, we can't know all of them. But why in the world would that stop him from personally knowing all of us deeply and individually? Yeah. No, that's good. There's this um uh there's this idea. Sorry, I was I was going somewhere and then um Catholic's face was the entire screen, so I was like, oh it scared me. Uh <laughs> Andrew's wrangling a toddler right now. Um, he, uh, has her wrapped up like a hog tied right now. And he's trying to, to get that last arm in. He's holding her. Oh, he's now he's, he pulled out the rope. He's wrapping her up right now with rope. Um, I'm not sure if that's allowed today in, in these worlds. Oh, he's trying to talk even, and she won't let him. Um, she finds it hilarious. She has a big smile on her face. Uh, Andrew, yeah, she's is changing my mic her. volume. This is a real thing, man. This is a real thing. Lord have mercy. We're doing our best. <laughs> oh, that's funny. You said something really good there, and I'm trying to remember what it was before I, we got distracted. But um, I think that maybe you, I saw you head bobbing a little bit around, around like you and I can know a couple hundred people or you know fifty people really well, and oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah. our that limitations versus God's maybe. Yeah. Like did we we briefly talked about this last circuit, maybe the week before, that you know, we're created in the image of God. So there's characteristics as humanity that we carry that other parts of his creation don't carry. Um, and part of that is deep, meaningful relationship. Um but um, we don't want to turn the tables on that, like Andrew said, and apply it back to God. Right. So I can't take my characteristics, even though I'm made in the image of God, um, and apply those characteristics back to God. So kind of going along with what Andrew is saying, um, we can't look at it and say, well, I can only maintain this many relationships. How is God going to maintain more than that? More importantly, um, that I can only genuinely connect with an individual right here in this place, and I can't do that with multiple individuals in multiple places at the same time who, where God could. And that's, a, I think that's a big deal to, to recognize. Like, you know, we, we talked to God right before we jumped on the podcast today. And when we were talking to God, um, there was probably hundreds of thousands of other people throughout the world 
that we're doing yeah. it at the same exact time. And God yep. is more than capable of interacting, being fully present in all of those conversations, um, which is kind of mind boggling and crazy. If you really yeah. start to think about the vastness and the size of who God is. But um, so I think there's that piece of it too. And, and, and if dude, if I, I, I could just heart- interject, like the, I forget exactly where it is in the Bible, but it, there's a verse that says something like to God, one, one day is like 10,000 years and 10,000 years is like a day, you know, where it's just like, even our time scale, you and I live in a 24 hour day, you know, and God does and doesn't, you know, it's like he is over even time. So it's like, yeah, we can't, we would be foolish. We are foolish when we start to think, no, like there's God only cares about the super great Christians, like the Billy Grahams of this world, you know, the, the epic Christian teacher voices and people like that with huge platforms. It's like, dude, doesn't matter how big your social media platform is. It's nothing compared to the, the depth of, of actual connection that God has with the billions of people that, that call him, their savior, you know, like today, yep. right now, like no social media reaches the same as, as the, the level of, it's hard to even comprehend, man, <laughs> but it's like, I guess yep. the, that I'm not important enough. Like you gotta at least say like, I don't get it <laughs> fully. I don't like, I, I know yep. that Jesus died for me. His sacrifice was for me personally, as well as for all the other people I know and all the people I don't, Um, but you just got to accept it, I guess. Like, yeah, I can't, I can't put myself in God's shoes because I can't even fathom that in in a lot of ways, but I'm going to believe it and I'm going to live like he's actually personal to me and that he actually cares. You know, we talked so much about prayer, man, you and I have like, you know, what it means to to just pray and to spend time with the Lord. Like, and that's personal. Like that's hyper personal. Cause you're, it might not always be the most crazy deep heart conversations, but most days it's just like, Hey, could you like give me some discernment on this? Or like, is there anything you want to yep. tell me or anything I should be doing to serve people around me? Or, and sometimes it's like down on your knees, pouring it out to God. Like, dude, I, here's the bare naked truth of everything I see in the situation. And I am at my wits end. I don't know how to go forward. You know, sometimes it's those conversations, but a lot of times it's just the ones that maybe you and I would have because we are close and honest with each other and known each other a long time. There's a lot of trust. It's just that. But, but man, if you don't believe God actually cares about you, you're probably not having those conversations at all. Like either of them. You know, maybe it's like, maybe it's like uh, the, you know, in a lot of movies, it's like the Hail Mary. Somebody's like, you know, wife dies or some horrible tragedy happens. And, and in that moment, they're like, God, why? You know, and that's like the extent of their prayer life forever. Um, But, but that's not what he wants of us because he actually does care personally. Yeah. Well, and you can go through scripture and, and find hundreds of verses that talk about God's care for the individual um, and God's care specific for you. I, I always think it's helpful too, like when you're reading gospel verses. So, like, um, um, you know, 
even like John three sixteen, for God so loved the world, or uh, Romans five eight, you know that God shows His love for us and that we are still sinners. Christ died for us. Um, I, I think it's helpful in those verses to just change us to you, like or your name. So you know, God shows His love for Josh that while he was still a sinner, Christ died for Josh. Um, now there's a fear inside of that of like, we all become self-centric and, you know, entitled because that's the world we live in today. But, um, I, I think from a personal level, it's helpful to start applying those truths to our lives directly and because yeah. those truths are applied directly. There's, there's definitely truth in scripture that isn't applied directly to your life, um, or true. to you as an individual, but, but this would be true of you, um, those gospel yeah. verses. Um, so I, I think there's that piece of it too, that, that starts to speak to your worth, um, to your value and, and not because you're, you're valuable, not in, not in the sense of like, you've done anything to be valuable. Like you're not, you're not big old grand. Look at, look how, <laughs> how awesome Josh and Andrew are. Um, right. God, you know, he better love them. Cause you know, like look at all that they've done for his kingdom, but you're yeah. valuable simply because you're his. And, yeah. and I think that's hard. I, I think that's hard for a lot of us to fully comprehend because it's not, yeah, it's not an environment or there's no other relationship that you've experienced in this way, even with your parents to some extent, uh, that that's true. Right. Like at least that you feel that it's true. And I'm not downplaying moms and dads. Like I get it. Um, but like there's, there's that piece too. Like I deeply love you just because you're mine and for no other reason, Uh, I'm going to be always be proud of you. I'm always going to be pursuing you only because of the fact that you're mine. And I think when we, we start to add in other relationships that we've experienced, um, especially like authoritative relationships and not in like the bad way, but like your parents or an older sibling, um, someone that you look up to and is supposed to be there to protect you. Um, when you yeah. start to apply the the bad aspects of those relationships to your character of God, this is, I think oftentimes this is where you end up. Like you yeah. have a bad relationship with your father. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, your father felt like he was distant. He felt like um, he didn't care about you. He never pursued you like all these, these bad characteristics of, and then we take that oftentimes and just apply it to God that this exactly. is what this love is supposed to feel like. Uh, and that's just not necessary. It, it, I shouldn't say necessary. That is not true. Um, it's not true. So I, I think it's it's worth digging into those things for past hurts, right? To to, yeah. to figure out why do I feel like I'm not valuable to God, um, because Scripture says everything otherwise, right? So mm-hmm. like recorded word of God, here it is. Yeah. What God has said about His yeah. people, like it says differently from that. Like you know, you're you're valued more than the sparrows. Like God cares about yeah. every element of you. Matthew Matthew ten, like God knows every hair on your head. Um, which I don't know about you, but I don't know anybody in my life that knows every hair in my head. Um, like that's <laughs> that's right. big deal. And, and in all honesty, if, if someone did, it'd probably be my mom and it'd probably creep me out at that point. Cause you're like, <laughs> how do you know how many hairs? Totally. Are my head? Like, uh, but how my mom also out? was the one that was like super into that book. Um, shoot. I'm going to forget the name of it. Um, I'll love you always. Maybe that's, that's a line in the book, but I don't know if that's the, huh. name of the book. Um, but like, it's that story of, um, it starts with like him as a baby and the mom's like coming and holding him cause he's upset and hmm. carrying him. Then it like goes through the whole story, but the story and, oh, and then there's a moment where he's like an adult living on his own and the mom climbs hmm. in through the window, which is creepy, um, and holds him as, as a oh baby boy. again. Oh boy. He's ginormous. Not huh? Not it's good. even weirder. Uh-huh. The book ends with her on like her deathbed or really ill. And he holds her like a baby. 
<laughs> I get those kind of vibes. Um, <laughs> I love you, mother, and and I love you deeply. Um, but but yeah, you know, some kids, some kids' books illustrations are slightly off, you know. But the but the message yeah, is clear, right? Like creepy, dude. And and like yeah, I've been, we've been actively teaching you know Catherine, who will probably be back any minute but is no longer a part of the podcast at the moment <laughs> but like dude she's a toddler she's almost three and uh she has crazy things that will just set her off and a lot of it's about control or whatever you know like i want to control this i want to be independent and it's like you you know i took my coffee cup away and she's screaming about it and in those moments in the last month that Jana and I in parenting, it's like even during the the scream or the totally unreasonable moment or whatever, or kicking and yelling or whatever, like we're trying to be intentional of like settling ourselves down and letting Catherine know like, hey, I love you all the time. Like you being mad at me, me being frustrated with you doesn't change that I love you always, you know? And it's like you you say it, but then you got to demonstrate it and, and make it real. But like, man, yeah. I'm far from perfect at that. But I know that God loves me all the time. I know that God cares about me deeply all the time. Mm-hmm. So I want to show that to her and to her little sister when she gets big enough to start to understand words, you know? Um, yeah. Like that gets our job to make sure we do our best to at least set them up so they can have a great shot at knowing God and in, in all these more positive ways of just like understanding attributes of God because they saw at least shadows of them in their parents, you know, like they saw yep. best attempts in, in them at their, of their parents. So I don't know, man, that what you're saying is like, I think it's just huge. And I think it's, a pretty serious part of our role as, as followers of Christ, whether it's your kids directly, or if it's kids that you, your aunt and uncle, you know, your nieces and nephews, or you're like not actually family, but family, like kids in your church, kids in your neighborhood, like people that you have the chance to pour into. Like we have the chance to model that as like, if we're following Christ, we have the chance to, to show like, Hey, I love you because like I'm deeply yeah. loved and known by well, and, by the creator and you are too, by the way. Yeah. Well, and I think too, like that's not even just for children. Like that's for adults that you come in contact with. Like totally. it's true of them as well. And, totally. and so many adults are still walking around like they're unloved children that like, yeah, yeah. Like, I think it would administer greatly if you can bring that type of gospel conversation in, into the equation. Um, and, and demonstrate that type of love, which I get is hard to do, uh, it is. but also I think extremely impactful. I think yeah. too, like you get in these weird places when, um, at least for me, when things aren't going how I thought they were going, or I feel like God is distant um, and I can't figure out why. Um, Trying to think of other emotions that may be attached to that or like, God doesn't see you. He doesn't care. Um, yeah. He knows you're in pain, but he's okay with you being in that pain. Like all yeah. of those things. Yeah. Like you get to this place where you just become desperate, right? Like you, you're so desperate for God to to show up in some way. Um, you feel like you're doing all the right things and, and maybe you are, maybe you aren't, who knows? Um, at least from a fostering relationship with Jesus perspective. But you get to these weird places where like, um, um, I'm just trying to think how to say this the best way possible. 
Um, sure. You get to these places. Like, so I, I remember this. So I went through a season about, you know, three years ago or it started three, four years ago. And it lasted for a couple of years um, where it, it, this is where I felt with God. We're like, God is, we live in the same house, but we don't talk a lot kind of, kind of mentality. Yeah, totally. We're like, sure. I think God sees me because we're in the same house, but um, I don't know the last time we've talked. Uh, even when I feel like I talk to him, he's like, you know, at the sink, like turning his back to me, uh, finishing the dishes. And you're like, what yeah. the hell? Um, and then you get to this place of like, God, I just need anything. Like, I just need a sign that you like actually care. And for me, I remember creating mm-hmm. a sign with God that um, a certain song would come on the radio uh, or on my Apple music. Cause I don't listen to the radio, but um, I know that song is in my Apple music. Cause I put it there. Uh, and then the song would just never come up. And you're like, well, God must, God must not love me. I mean, you yeah. get all these weird cycles and, and spirals down um, to all these strange places that, that aren't helpful and, and aren't true of God. Um, but we're just so desperate for um, God to show up in some way that, that, that I know that I'm valuable um, without just leaning in on the, on the truth that, he, that, he, that you are valuable. Um, and sometimes it's getting out of toxic situations and that's, you know, the healing that you need to, to to find, you know, Jesus again, because it's not like Jesus left in those moments, but you're just in a, such a toxic place emotionally um, that you're not connecting back with Jesus. Um, maybe it's even like past hurt, unforgiveness, things that are just holding you back that Jesus really desperately wants to talk to you, you know, in the midst of those things, because there's destruction in the midst of that. And destruction is destruction. Sin causes destruction. It just causes destruction actively in your, in your relationship with Jesus now and actively in your relationship with other people. Um, so it's going to hurt relationship. Um, so maybe it's dealing with, I'm not saying dealing with it from the sense of like, fix the sin on your own. That's Jesus's job. You walk with Jesus, yeah. let him tell you what to do. Um, but uh, maybe there's some unforgiveness le- lurking in there that it's not even on your radar anymore um, because you've pushed it so far down, but it's caused this divide in some area with, with, with Jesus. And he wants to talk about those things. He's trying to prompt you to talk about those things. You've ignored it for so long that you don't even hear his promptings in those areas anymore. So I would say if that's where you're sitting right now, or you're looking for a sign from God, because you're just, you feel like he's so distant, he doesn't care. Stop putting fleeces out. Stop putting, you know, those little weird little, well, if God cares, this song comes on the radio. If God Mm -hmm. cares, he's going to say this in his word today. Um, part of that's manipulative, I think, to some extent. I, I know it's coming from a place of desperation. I'm not trying to downplay that at all. I get it. I've been there. Um, but there is a manipulation in the midst of that, um, that I'm going to call the shots, God, of how this is going to happen, um, rather than, God, I'm just going to try to pursue you the best I can and deal with the things you want me to deal with. So yeah, if things were great at one point in your life, you're walking with Jesus. Um, you know, you feel really close with Jesus and then it changed and maybe you even noticed the change. Maybe it was a subtle change, but now years later you're looking back and you're like, Oh no, there was a change and now I can't get back to it. It's probably worth going back to that, that change, like going through in your own with, with Jesus and, and having the conversation of, you know, Jesus, when I was you know in my early twenties, um, it felt like this or God two years ago, three years ago, um, I, I felt really close to you. And then, then we started to go through and, and it started to change and I don't know why it changed. So I'm going to just kind of go through my timeline with you and see if anything sparks, um, uh, something inside of me that I need to need to talk about. So, you know, three years ago, I had this conversation with this person and then um, it, I felt like it led to the, like dig into those things. And I'm going to assume yeah. because something did change that it's probably pretty painful to look back on those things. I get that. That's hard. 
um, like I'm in, I'm in a season right now that for the last like week and a half, God has been telling me to have a conversation with him about a certain you know area of my life, a conversation I just has been off limits um, with God. I was like, yeah, God, I, I know that's a past hurt, but like, we're not talking about it. So right. put that on the do not talk about list. I think we talked about that last week or the last episode. But um, so there's that piece of it too, of like, I know I have to have this conversation and I've started that conversation with God. I know there's more to that conversation, um, but like, it's still, it's still lingering there. And I know there's more I have to dig into and we'll dig into those things. But um, so there's that piece of it too, of like walk through the timeline, figure out maybe there was a point that changed, or maybe there's a point that you got hurt. Maybe there's a point that um, your expectations weren't met. Um, whatever it happens to be, dig into those things and see if going through the timeline can can bring some light back to what maybe God has been speaking to you for a while. Um, so there might be this piece of um, uh, of enlightenment, for lack of a better term. And I know that's you know a wooby jooby weird word um, but <laughs> you know, we'll call it the mysteries of christ yeah this is the best word i can come up with of like oh heebie deebie or i don't know <laughs> i like it uh, isn't I like, like it a, yeah we'll go wooby jooby you know the wooby jooby's of like oh, this is touchy-feely little strange i don't think this yeah. is godly um that word uh, but maybe something sparks in that of like it all comes out of like oh this is this is the issue that i'm holding on to or this is the, the unforgiveness or this is the hurt i haven't talked to anyone about and i just shoved down for so many years and now jesus is about to open a can um which is great yeah. painful hard difficult to walk through those things um but um when you get to the other side of it of walking with those through those things with jesus i, I think you're going to you're going to find a lot more fruit and maybe find value again um, because the value hasn't changed. We know that to be true. Logically, we know that to be true. We see yeah. God's word recorded this way, that God deeply cares about you um, as the individual, not just you as a collective whole, but he deeply loves and cares about you. Um, and I think that's our, like, I even think, and granted, Jesus is a hard example in this in this realm because you're like, it's yeah. Jesus. Um, but, you know, I think of, you know, what, what God said about Jesus before Jesus did anything for the kingdom, at least from a physical standpoint in the world, um, where he says, I love, you know, this is my son whom I deeply love and with him I'm well pleased. Um, you know, the same is true of you um, for no other reason than you're his. And I think that's hard for us to accept, but it's still true. So dig into the 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 junk of your life because there might be something in there that you're finding that you're trying to relate back to God because God's the easiest scapegoat, um, that I'm not valuable rather than digging into maybe some hurt and pain. And dude, one more, just one more quick piece on that, uh, or quick thought on that. Um, like the enemy actively wants us to believe the opposite to be true. Um, yeah. he really does, but because yeah. it's just a great way to make us feel isolated and to stop talking to God and stop doing the things God might want us to do, um, or, or even hearing from God in ways he might want to communicate. There's this phrase that it's not in the Bible, but I think it's, I think it's true. Um, but I heard it said on a podcast that, um, one person with God is the majority um, like the, the, the idea that like, doesn't matter how the enemy's coming at you. doesn't matter. And, and not that you should do everything solo gotcha. in life. Like that, that obviously it's not just that it's, following Christ is not an individual sport, you know? Um, but the idea that like when the enemy's coming at you from every direction, it's like, if you are following the Lord, if you're actively seeking him, you're trying to do the things that 
that please God in your life, you're trying to live out this Jesus life the best you can, you know, um, then in those moments, it doesn't really matter what's being thrown at you. Like you're the majority, like the, we have these analogies of, of dark and light that the Lord like built into our physical reality, you know, where it's like light can't push or, or darkness cannot push light away. You know, it doesn't matter how dark something is physically. If you turn on a flashlight or light a candle, like darkness doesn't overpower it, you know? And in the same way, like the, the temptations, the things within you that, that want to push you towards sin, the, the, the ways the enemy tries to trip you up and that Satan tries to trip us up and, and push us towards him and away from God. Like, dude, they're just temptations. They're just they're they're just ways that the enemy wants to lessen our relationship with God. But he doesn't really have he doesn't have the authority. Satan doesn't have the authority to stop us from deeper relationship with the Lord or doing God's will. He can try. He can try to get us to choose to stop. But um, but this this idea that we're not important enough is a really big probably tool in his tool belt of like. If I can just get Josh to believe he's not important enough to be loved, then man, when he's down and out, I can just really hit him back hard. I can really get him to start believing the wrong things about God. Maybe even turn his back on God, you know, maybe just start living for himself because he'll say, well, God doesn't actually care about me and love me like the Bible says. um, And like all these other people have told me. So I'm just going to live my life and, and not worry about that whole thing anymore, you know? And that's when Satan's like, I did my job really well. Like this is done, yep. you know? So yep. I don't know. That's good. That, I- that idea that I one, think- one person with God as a majority is, is kind of cool and just struck no, me. As, and I think too, yeah. I think it's too like helpful that like we have to remember that we're spiritual beings. Like there is a spiritual realm that's sure. at play and scripture tells us it's at war with each other. Um, and it's at war with each other for you, for your soul. Um, you know, and, and I think oftentimes we have to remember now I, I'm not one of those guys. that's like anything bad in your life, blame it on the Satan. Like don't give Satan more credit than he deserves. But right. Um, at the same time, also remember that, yeah, there, there's, there's an enemy that, that is fighting for you, for you, not, not, not for you yeah, in the sense of like right, right. God's fighting for you, but, but like he's fighting to take you, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, you know, John 10, 10, the enemy comes to steal, kill and destroy. That's, that's his goal. And, Yep. There's definitely pieces that are at play to help um, you feel those things, um, to help convince you that God's truth isn't God's truth, that it doesn't mm-hmm. apply to you, though it may apply to everybody else, um, which there's a humility piece in that. But yeah, um, like, so there's that thing of like, you have to remember that there's, there's a bigger war going on for you mm-hmm. um, than you may even realize. And you play a role in that. But as, as Andrew said, you know, as you walk with Jesus and choose to continue to foster a relationship with Jesus. Um, you could be all by yourself. That's not true, yeah. but you could be all by yourself. And God is enough mm-hmm. to overcome the darkness of your life. Absolutely. Of your world. Yeah. Um, so just keep fostering a relationship with Jesus. Start digging yeah. into the hard things about your life with Jesus because there's a good chance there's something in there that's mm-hmm. holding you back. A, a lie mm-hmm. you've believed for a really long time, a stronghold that has a hold of you that you've got to let go. Like you've got to find um, reconciliation um, back to God. Uh, yeah, like go through those steps, have those really hard conversations. Um, they're probably going to be painful and they're probably not going to be fixed overnight. Uh, but keep going back to them and have those conversations because they definitely have an impact on how you're viewing, how you think you're viewed by God. Um, because yeah. we know 
Um, and it might just be logically right now for you, but you know that God is 100% in your corner, 100% for you, mm-hmm. deeply loves you. Not only mm-hmm. deeply loves you, but is pursuing you and is proud of you um, simply because you're his. Yeah. Preach. Boom. Dude, I think we have enough time for just one more. Yeah, I think As so too, you look man. at those one mores, Andrew, what, what hits you? What do you want to talk about? Man. I think I think we should go day two, honestly. Uh, day two in the hope study is that the the thing that is uh, a wrong att- attribute of God is that that God is just waiting for you to fail, just waiting for failure. That's that's what God's waiting for. And um, like I pulled out some verses about temptation that I was thinking about with this, but before doing any Bible verses necessarily, like, like our, like the thing about Christianity and American society right now, evangelical Christian thought is like so many people that are in or are, aren't in that camp think of immediately like, oh, they just want to judge me. They, I, I could never go to that church or any church because they would just say, wait, you, you have a problem with porn, you drink too much, you gamble, you whatever, name that sin, you know, you're unwelcome here. Um, cause, cause people just think like the goal of the church is to be judgmental. Um, and, and there's a lot of reasons for that. We, hide, know, but, we hide it. Yeah. We hide in the fact that it's to be holy, right? Yeah. Um, right. We're just trying to be right. holy around here and you're uh-huh. trying to hurt our holiness, but let's be yeah. honest, this is just judgment. Yeah, and then, you know, and then people see like pastors falling to these terrible things that it's like this person that everybody thought was great actually had this whole other life going on and then it comes out as it always does. And, you know, and then they're like, yep, that's just another example of why the church is a place I'm not welcome, like fake people, whatever. Well, I think that it's probably pretty easy if you believe that stuff to just be true it's pretty easy to apply that to God and just say, well, he's just like a judge sitting on a high chair with his gavel, like right here, just ready to boom, strike it down at any moment. And like, you know, maybe he does care about my life. Maybe I don't believe that first one we talked about it and I know he cares about me, but maybe I'm sitting there thinking God is just like, yeah, ready to slam the gavel down and call me like a failure at any moment, you know, because I see that from some people who call themselves Christians. Uh, so I just apply that to him and then man, start living scared. And when you're scared, man, you can't make the best decisions. You can't, you can't operate in the way you can. If you're, if you're not living in fear, if you constantly think that, that you're, that God's keeping an exact tally of your life of like, well, Anderson three times today and, you know, did two things that are, that are in my will. So Negative one, he's going into tomorrow, negative one. Oh, he dropped to negative three. You know, it's like basically you have no belief of, of this thing called grace uh, and forgiveness. Um, you, you don't know about those attributes of God. You just think he's trying to slam that gavel down and, and call you, you know, your failure. Uh, that God's yeah. waiting for, for the other shoe to drop, basically. So, um, it's just wrong, oh, but I good. see how people get there, I guess. Yeah. Well, when, 
when you boil down the Christian life to just doing good things and avoiding bad things, um, what we call sin, right. um, it's really easy to get there. Um, because yeah. when you do the math, you're like, yeah, I've done a lot more bad things than I've done good things. Like I'm in the negative, you know, thousands at this point, um, to use Angie's analogy, like, like that's just the reality of it. So when you get into those places, yeah, it's really easy for you to assume that, that God's just out there ready, like sick and tired of your, your most recent failure. Like that was the last straw. Um, you know, the reality is if we really look at it is the last straw was the first time you sinned. <laughs> like that was the mm. thing that created yeah, separation yeah, between yeah, you yeah. and God. Right. Like anything beyond that, who gives a flying, um, all right. Like it was that one, that one thing, whatever it was probably when you were like, I don't know, six months, eight months. And you're like, F you mom, I'm not doing it. <laughs> right. Like there, there's that piece of it. Um, would to some extent you don't even have, great control over, but you know, we're born with the sinful nature. So it comes naturally to us. Um, so if that's the case, yeah, you've, you've lost, you lost a long freaking time ago. God would give it up for you. But going back to to what Jesus said, no, while you were still sinners, while you were still in the midst of your sin, Jesus came and died for you. Yep. For Uh, you. Like, Like and the game changes at that point. For you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, And that's the point. Like the game changed in that moment. Um, yep. In that moment, Jesus changed the game. Now, the new game is, if you believe that you're a sinner, you believe that Jesus is who he said he was, did what he said he was going to do, and you believe yep. he is now your Lord and Savior, um, and you're choosing to follow Jesus the rest of your life. Like, If that's the decision that you've made, um, the game is now 100% different for you compared to anyone else that hasn't made that decision. Uh, yep. Meaning, guess what? You get to fail as many times as you possibly need to. Um, and guess what? The Christian faith, this Jesus life is about you get to get back up. Yeah. So it's not like, you know, you're at a hundred because Jesus loves you so much. And then you sin and you're like at negative 50 and then you sin again. And you're like a negative uh, 600 because it was a big one. Uh, the, the game's not played like that. It's it's like this. Yeah. You, you're at a hundred. You sin. You, you're still at a hundred. Like it doesn't change. Yeah. Jesus love yeah. for you hasn't changed. Jesus value yeah. in you hasn't changed. Jesus forgiveness for you hasn't changed. Yep. That moment in time where you became, where Jesus became your Lord and savior has taken care of it. Like your value is not dictated by your behavior. And I know yep. that's really hard to understand because it feels like I'm not doing anything They're like, but Jesus, I'm not, you're not, you're not doing anything. It's true. <laughs> like Jesus forgiveness. You did nothing right. for except wreck, like recognize that you needed it. Mm-hmm. That was it. That's mm-hmm. all Jesus asked. It was faith. Um, but somewhere along the way with Christians, we've talked about this idea before, but somewhere along with Christians, um, we're good enough for that, for our salvation. But the second, second sanctification comes into play. Um, the, the process of Jesus forming us into who he's called us to be mm-hmm. uh, like, that's not enough anymore. Then I got to take over. Yep. It's all up to me and what I can do. It's not up to you and what you can do because the yep. reality is without Jesus, you can do absolutely. I'll use a strong word. Nothing. You can, Mm. I was going to say shit, but then it didn't fit. So it went with nothing. You can't do shit. Um, plug your children's ears. Um, but but that's the reality of it. And I choose a harsher word because I, I think it's worth worth using um, mm. to get the point across, the emotion across. Like you can't do anything without Christ. So if you can't do anything without Christ, what's the point of doing anything? Um, mm. Then it becomes, no, you, you your job is just to foster relationship with Jesus and then let Jesus lead. 
Because as you foster a relationship with Jesus, Jesus is going to ask you to do things and not do things 100%. Yep. Um, but it's inside his plan at this point. It's not inside yep. what I can do. And like I'm reading, you know, God's recorded word. I'm reading scripture and I'm saying, well, God said, do all these things and avoid all these things. He did. That's true. And mm-hmm. he'll get you to those places. But he might not be telling you that right now. Hmm. Yeah. He might be saying, hey, I'd rather you actually work on these things. Yeah. Um, I know these are still a thing. Shoot, you've like 50 things, 100 <laughs> things that we still need to work on. Let's be honest. But I need you not to worry about these things right now. I need you to worry about these things. I want you to work on these things. Yeah, and um, through God's and grace, get those he's things taking conquered, it slow. He, like I was just going to say, right? by God's grace, he's like, That's no, good. no, like that's too big of a list. Like you can't you can't do all of that. Of course I could, but I want to take you through and those 50 I want to take you through those 50 slowly and over time. And maybe you only get to to 20 of them by the time you die. But by my grace, by God's grace, I'm going to take you one step at a time. And I'm going to take you where you can handle and where you feel like you can't handle right now. We'll go there next. You know, like we're going to take it slow and we're going to go deep and we're going to take our time. I'm going to teach you these things. I'm going to walk with you and slowly I'm going to lift these burdens off you that you think can't be lifted off you right now. You know, no. but by God's well, grace, too. it's like, that's your path, Andrew. Josh is on a slightly different path. Yeah. Same goal, same savior, but but Josh has different yeah. issues than you have, Andrew. And your wife has different issues than you have, Andrew. But don't worry about that. Yeah. I got it. I know them each personally. I, I have their perfect plan laid out for them. But you don't worry about that. Like, you don't, and you don't have to look and, around and judge that either. It's like accept the grace that God has for you today and, and roll with it and do so in in obedience and in thankfulness, man, be grateful for, for the fact God isn't sitting there with the gavel trying to slam it down on your life. You know, like that's not our savior. That's not how Jesus lived. That's, that's not how he looked or treated people. And and sorry, you keep trying to jump in, but I was just, I felt passionate in response to what you were saying, man. Like, yeah, no, we just good. we got to get this right. And, and two, like, well, and there, there's a couple of things that, that came up, but like one of those being like, here's this list of 50 things that, yeah, you got to deal with at some point in your life. Jesus wants you to deal with these things at some point in your life, but he wants to deal with them with you right? Um, and in his plan. There, there's a good chance that he takes you down this road of maybe it feels like just one thing he's dealing with and he's dealing with a, a past sin or a past hurt or a past you know experience that you've just got to work through. Let the emotion out of it. Let Jesus heal it. Um, and that knocks like four things off the list. And you yeah. didn't realize you thought you were yeah. just working on one thing. Right. Yeah. Like, like we're, we're more intertwined than we realize um, that's going on. And as we walk with Jesus through those things, like there's that piece of it. And like our, our role in this is walk with Jesus. Cause the argument against this idea is, oh, so you just kind of just go through life and like, Jesus is just going to magically change things. You're like, no, yeah. that, that's not it. Um, yeah. Like that's not how Jesus works the sanctification process. You're an active participant, but you start your, your primary goal is your fostering relationship with Jesus. You're trying to have these conversations about your life with Jesus. And then Jesus leading down these different areas, these different conversations and these different yeah. tasks that he gives you to do mm-hmm. um, that relate back to these things. And you might even see how they relate, but he's saying, Hey, I want you to go reach out to so-and-so. Um, I want you to have coffee with them. And, and I want you to, to talk about this past hurt or whatever it happens to be. That, that seems like a really big step. Um, yeah. Should have picked a smaller one uh, for a lot of people. Conflict's hard. Um, but, so it's like these little things of like, yeah, your job's to foster and then just walk where Jesus leads you to go. 
Um, don't look at the big picture of like, here's all the things I got to fix and deal with in my life. Um, and then, you know, geez, I just need to work on, on all these little different things, but I'm going to create these plans on how I'm going to deal with them and overcome them. And, and you do really well for a little while and then something happens and it all falls apart. And then you feel like a complete failure again because you chose not to walk with Jesus to help you deal with who he wants you to be and deal with the sins. And it goes back to this idea that like Jesus didn't don't go to the cross so you sin less. Jesus went to the cross so you're forgiven and you're restored yeah. back in relationship yeah. with him, not that you sin less. So the goal actually, my argument would be, the goal wouldn't be that you're sinning less. Like, I'm a better Christian because I sin less. No, I would say you're a better Christian if the gifts of the, or the fruits of the Spirit are truer in your life. You have more love, you have more patience, you have more peace, you have more kindness, you have more self-control. And I missed a couple in there. Um, but like, that would be true of you. So if you're yeah. looking at your life today um, compared to your life a year ago and more of those things are true of you, I would argue you're walking in line with Jesus, that Jesus is at work in who you are. We don't focus on each of those individual things. You focus on relationship with Jesus and following Jesus's lead on things and letting that start to come into play um, in your life and let that be the fruit of it, um, of your life. So it's an end goal in some sense, but not an end goal that you're trying to achieve. Your job in this equation of sanctification is foster relationship with Jesus. Let Jesus lead it. Um, spend time in his word. And, and maybe you're sitting there and it's like... Um, you know, Josh, I feel like I am doing the right things. Like I'm trying to foster a relationship with Jesus, but it's not working. Um, like at that point, it's probably worth going through your timeline, going through your life and figuring out where things changed. If you ever felt that, um, if you've never felt that closeness with Jesus, I would start to go through your timeline and, and figure out, um, and this is a really hard thing to say. And, and I, I try to say this with the most care and compassion possible, but it's worth investigating. Um, maybe salvation isn't a part of your timeline yet. Uh, maybe Jesus, like you, you've known about Jesus. Jesus has been around for a long time in your life. You've been in church since you can remember, um, but there hasn't been a moment in time where you've given up control in the sense of Jesus. I'm a sinner. Jesus, I screwed up. Um, Jesus, I need you to be the Lord and Savior of my life. And you got to go through that piece. You got to find salvation to get to relationship. Um, and I'm not saying that's true of everybody, but maybe it's true of, of someone listening right now. Um, and that's what you need to hear. I don't want you to be questioning your faith. Um, like that's not the goal of that statement, but at the same time, I would hate for you to get to, um, standing before Jesus after your death and recognize that you actually never knew him. Um, and Jesus is, says that pretty clearly in scripture, right? Like you know, Andrew quoted that verse last, last week, like I spit you out from my mouth. I never knew you. Um, even those Jesus said, even those that say, Lord, Lord won't enter the kingdom of heaven. Um, right. Like it's not a knowledge based thing. It's not a, um, a, a logical thing in a lot of ways. It's a faith based decision of like, yes, Jesus, I am 100% in sin and rebellion against you. I desperately need you um, to come into my life to provide me salvation, but more importantly, to restore me in relationship back to you. Um, and that's the life that I want to live moving forward. Um, it's been a while since we've put the gospel out there like that. Um, but that's right. maybe that that's what you need to hear. I don't, I don't know. Um, uh, but it's worth bringing people around you that love Jesus, love you in that order and start to have those conversations, um, and, and, and walk down those roads, um, with them, but also more importantly, walk down those roads with Jesus, um, and, and dig into those things. But to put a cap on everything, um, Jesus does deeply love you. 
Um, you are extremely valuable. Not only are you extremely valuable, but he is pursuing you and he is proud of you for no other reason than you're his, not based on your behavior, not based on your thinking, not based on your ability to avoid the smite button where God's just like up there in heaven, just ready to take you out. Um, none of those things are true. God deeply loves you. He's pursuing you. He wants what's best for you, but he's also going to let you make the decisions for your own life and let you lead to wherever that, that ends up going. Um, and that's a hard, a hard pill to swallow at times because we think God got us here in all reality. It was your decisions that got you there and you chose not to walk with Jesus or foster a relationship with Jesus. Um, and then as well as, you know, God's not waiting for you to fail. Um, he's not up there hovering his hand over that button to take the, the takeout button. Where <laughs> the smite like, button. You do one more, you know, you do one more bad thing. I'm going to, I'm going to slam that thing and take you out. Um, that that's not God. God is a God of grace. Um, we know that because of the cross, we know that because of truth that's already been spoken and recorded, um, that God 100% will give you how many ch chances to fail as many as you possibly need until you get it right. Um, as he leads, not as you lead. Um, you know, we even see this when, when Jesus teaches, um, about forgiving your, your brother. Um, he says, how many times should you forgive your brother? Seven times. Um, no, it should be seven times. Is it seven times 70 or seven, seven, seven? Yeah. There's a lot of sevens and there's unending. a lot of Yeah, yeah. Unending times, more than you can count. Um, and at that time, it might have been more than people could count. Maybe that was like the point of what Jesus, that's why he used those numbers. I don't know. Um, but it's a lot. Um, that same is true of you. Jesus is going to keep forgiving. Um, keep asking forgiveness. Keep, keep fostering relationship. Um, but also... Also remember um, that, you know, he's not up there waiting for you to fail. He's not, he's not, that's weird. Siri doesn't understand what I'm saying um, because this is gospel truth. This is the mysteries of Christ and Siri's confused by it all. And that's okay because Siri's not a spiritual being. Can't understand the mysteries of God. Like you get to understand the mysteries of God. Siri, shut up. You probably didn't even hear Siri say it on my watch. And I'm just sounding like a lunatic right now, but she just said, um, I don't understand. In her British voice, because my series British, I don't know about you, um, but I think all series should be British. Um, but yeah, to put a bow on all of this, and I'm, I'm closing this up for Andrew because he's got a he got a noisy baby in her, his arms right now um, that he's trying to uh, comfort and soothe. Um, and now he's got a bounce. Uh, oh, that's true. He had a meeting. Um, but yeah, hey, thank you so much for listening. Um, as always. Uh, we love you. Um, we're praying for you. We're hoping the best for you. Uh, find Christian community around you um, that can walk with you. Find Christian community that's built on grace, that's built on the gospel, um, that's built on Jesus, that's built on unity, that's built on pursuing one another in relationship. Um, and, and you're gonna you're gonna be a pretty good place. Granted, that would all be wrapped inside of you know the truth of God um, as the foundation. But um, uh, pursue those things. We love you, Andrew. As always, my friend. Oh, dude, Andrew's got his Zoom outfit on. He's got, he's got collared shirt, um, all dressed up, but he's, but he's wearing shorts. <laughs> Andrew, it's good to see you. It's good to see you, my buddy. I love you. Good to see you too, man. Love you. Bye. Thanks for listening to our show. It really means a lot to us, and we hope that it helps bring you closer in your relationship with Jesus and with other people. 
And it also helps us out if you rate our podcast or leave us a review on whatever platform you're listening on. You can also follow us on Instagram and the Facebook. Now, sharing this with your friends isn't just to get the word out of the podcast. We believe that we have the message of hope that's found in the gospel of Jesus Christ. And you sharing this has the ability to transform the lives of the people around you. We want to hear from you. You can email us at hello at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. You can message us on Facebook and Instagram, or you can just visit us at thisjesuslifepodcast.com. But seriously, thanks for listening.